Les Habitants are in town tonight for a matchup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hunter and I are going to break down that and more on this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, Penguins fans, to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick Damp, joined as always by the one and only Hunter Hodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Synonym4Wet. You can follow Hunter at Hunter Hodes, and you can follow the show's account at LO underscore Penguins. We thank you for making this your first listen or watch of the day because we are your team every day, and we are free and available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And as I said in the intro tonight, Les Habitants are in town to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins at PPG Paints Arena. Another favorable night for the Pittsburgh Penguins as the Montreal Canadiens come to town after taking on the Buffalo Sabres last night, a game they dropped 3-2 to two to the Sabres. And we are really looking for a bounce back tonight. One of the... I guess you could say worst teams in the National Hockey League, maybe not worst, but one of the worst teams. And maybe we can say the same for the Penguins, given the way the last couple of weeks and months have gone. But either way, Penguins have a golden opportunity in front of them tonight to get back on track with the two big points. And after everything that went on yesterday between Mike Sullivan's bizarre quote about one goal games and Kyle Dubas's media availability, I think we're really going to see a fired up Penguins team that's ready to go because after Kyle Dubas's media availability, there was a bit of a breakdown of that from our pal Rob Rossi, who wrote about the media availability. And a lot of the players in the room did tell him they were happy to get basically not quite a vote of confidence from Kyle Dubas, but he didn't go out there and bury the team given their position in the standings, the way this season has gone with all the inconsistencies, especially things like the power play and the inability to put wins together consistently. So with that in mind, I do think tonight is a golden bounce back opportunity for our Penguins. So Hunter, what are you looking for tonight for the Penguins to get back into the win column? It's pretty similar to what I was looking for last week, heading into that game against Chicago. I want to see a response. And I want to see some fight from this group. Kyle Dubas, you know, he said he doesn't really see himself buying at the deadline in a couple of weeks, but he also didn't come out and say, oh yeah, I'm in full sell mode. Give me all the calls on the players and you know, we'll see what we can do. He didn't really say that either. He kind of just basically said, these next two weeks are going to dictate what I fully do at the deadline. So he's kind of basically putting it in their court still by saying, if you can go out there and somehow have two pretty solid weeks, maybe I won't sell off as many players as I'm thinking about doing right now. But if they do go out there these next couple of weeks and they continue to stink up the joint, then I think Kyle Dubas will definitely have his answer, even though I think he should have his answer already. But he basically put the ball in the players' courts and said, okay, you got two weeks here to give me a definite answer as to how much I'm going to do at the trade deadline, how much I'm going to shake up this team. You know, he even admitted to the media that he's tried to make a couple of hockey trades to send a message to the room by saying, yeah, this hasn't been good enough. 
Obviously, it takes two to tango, so the other team hasn't been wanting to do some of these deals, but at least he's been out there trying to do that. But again, for this game against the Montreal Canadiens, the Canadians aren't one of the worst teams in the league, but they're also not good. They're only four points back of the Penguins right now, believe it or not. It's just that is why I put that call qualifier in yeah. there because it's not like the Penguins are looking that far down at the Montreal Canadiens and the Canadians aren't looking too far up at the Penguins. And that's what I was going to say. This is a mid team going up against another mid team in the standings and kind of like the Kings game in a way as well. It's funny. I'm comparing this game to a couple of recent games that the Penguins have obviously dropped. Well, not the Chicago game, but the Kings game, they came here on a back-to-back with travel. The Canadians, it's the same thing. They lost at home to the Sabres on Wednesday night. They're now traveling to Pittsburgh with travel. They're starting their third-string goalie in this game. And funny enough, he's actually been their best goalie this year, even though he's only played in 12 games as a 903 save percentage. It's Caden Primo. But this is still a game that the Penguins should be able to win like that Kings game. I know the Penguins lost that game against the Kings and they didn't play well, but I want them to take that lesson from that game and apply it to this one because you can't allow a team to walk into your building on the second half of a back-to-back with travel and look like the better team against you who are well-rested. There's just no excuses for that in this game for me. Yeah, there really isn't. I mean, tonight's a game where on paper, again, this is a game that they should absolutely win. Now, you did bring up Caden Primo, and yeah, it's funny. He's technically their third string goalie, but all things considered, in his 12 games, he has been basically the Canadians' best goalie. Caden Primo is rocking a, he's got five wins on the year in 12 games played, a 307 goals against. Uh, number and then a 903 save percentage with a shutout so he's the only goalie on the canadians that's recorded a shutout this year so i know we all like to joke about no name goalie comes in and stymies the penguins and while that could be half true it's not like it this is a guy who came up is playing his first game has recorded abysmal numbers on the season he does have some formidable numbers for a guy who's on a team that's not that good right i mean i think he's doing what he can on a not-so-good team. I don't think he's going to be dealt at the trade deadline. I think it's more likely that one of Montembeau or Allen is dealt. It is funny how the Canadians are continuing to carry three NHL-caliber goalies, and one of them has not been dealt yet. Usually that's pretty uncomfortable for a team to do because you know who at least your starter or your 1A is, and you know who your 1B is. But the Canadians are rocking a 1A, 1B, 1C situation here, but I think that comes down to Kent Hughes' only wanting to trade one of the other two goalies unless he gets what he wants back. And I think he's asking at least a decent asking price for Jake Allen. I mean, and Allen this year, he played really well against the Penguins in that last game. But overall this season, he only has a 894 3.66 goals against average. He's 5-11-3 and and so far this season. He's a decent backup, I would say on a contender, but I mean, I don't think you're also going to be getting that much back from him, but still Kent Hughes is going to wait until the last minute to see if maybe someone can live up to that asking price. But it is interesting seeing them do the three goalie rotation, even though you don't see a lot of teams do that in the NHL these days. Yeah. And I don't think that Montreal is a place that some of the contending teams are going to go to for goaltending. I do think there's some pieces there that people could get because this is another team that I believe at the deadline 
is going to be ripe for the picking for a lot of contenders just because they're still in rebuild mode. They've got a lot of guy, younger guys that they're looking towards the future with, and that's guys like Nick Suzuki, who's got 53 points on the year, 20 goals, and then you have Cole Caulfield, who continues to be very good with 19 goals and 45 points. Slavkovsky, who a lot of people didn't agree with as a as a high pick. He was a first overall, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought I couldn't remember if he was first or second. I, I I just remember that people were genuinely stunned by the pick. But he's coming into his own with 12 goals and 30 points, starting to look a lot like he was worth that high pick. And then you have our old pal Mike Matheson on the back end. He's doing very well this year with 41 points and 56 games. So there is some firepower on this Canadians team. And we've seen it in the couple of times these teams have met already this year. So while it's not going to be, and no game has been for the Penguins this year, a walk in the park, they are going to have to go out and earn this one. Agreed. And especially against the Canadians, this team has been a very tough team for the Penguins to beat this season. Both games have gone past regulation. The Penguins won the first one in that wild shootout. And then before the bye week in the All-Star break, Marcus Pedersen was the one that won the game in overtime to take the season series. They've won both games so far. This season, they'll go for the season sweep against the Canadians after the Canadians swept the Penguins last year. So it's funny how that works one year later. But for the Penguins to win this game, again, I'm really just looking for a response. I'm looking for them to be fully fired up for this game. I'm looking for the top six to continue to try and carry the load. It would be nice to see some of the depth players maybe boost some of their trade value because it looks like the Penguins, again, are not going to be making the playoffs this year. Maybe someone like a Lars Eller gets another big goal. Maybe a Riley Smith, who's now been out there in trade rumors the past few days. Maybe he gets on the score sheet again. Someone like that to help out Sidney Crosby and his line because, as we all know, that's been mainly the Penguins' only source of offense forwards-wise for the past, definitely at least the past couple weeks, if not for most of the season, just because of how good Sid is playing. Special teams are also going to be a big factor for the Penguins. The Canadians have the NHL's second worst penalty kill. And I know that probably doesn't mean much right now because the Penguins have the third worst power play and they couldn't even do anything against the league's worst penalty kill in the Islanders. But hey, maybe at least something could change in this game, even though I probably have a little bit of copium right now. The Canadians' power play is ranked 18th in the league. That's a matchup that the Penguins penalty kill should be able to win, but hey, we'll see at this point. But again, man, that that's really what I'm looking forward to in this game for the Penguins. Absolutely. You brought up the ability tonight for the Penguins to take the season series sweep. In the way this Penguins season has gone to this point, you have to take any kind of win that you can get, any, ty- any type of positive that you can get. And I think for this team, to say that they swept a season series against a team would be a nice building block for the next couple of weeks. So you, you, even though in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really mean anything in the playoff race, doesn't mean anything towards getting this team back to contender status, you want to build positives as this season comes to an end. It kind of goes with what a little bit what Kyle Dubas was saying yesterday to where you don't want this to turn into a complete and total disaster. You want to look at this team and say, okay, we've got a couple of positive things that we can that we can glean from this season and build on into next year. And I know that's weird to say for a team like the Penguins and, and where this franchise is, but at the end of the day, 
you do want something to hang your hat on. And if you can do that, who, and I don't, I I'm with you. I don't think this team makes the postseason this year, but at the same time, you do want to be able to go into this off season thinking, okay, we've got a couple of things here. We know our core still got it. Now we have to adapt to that. It is funny sweeping the season series against the Montreal Canadiens. That could be one of the biggest, I guess, wins of the season for the Penguins. I mean, I just, I can't even take that seriously when I even say it out loud, just because of the expectations for this team heading into the year. But I guess if you want to call it that, Pat, sure. But I mean, the fact that we're saying that as a win, you can maybe, I don't know, hang a small little banner for it. Who, you know, we're down bad for for this season as a whole right now. It's a down bad season, and you brought up some trade rumors and some names. We're going to talk about a old friend who is just walking right down the hall for tonight's game, and then we will discuss some other trade topics in the third segment today, but we'll do that when we come back. But first, we have to tell you about our sponsor, and that is Ibotta. Grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be. Start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back every time you shop. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONNHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONNHL. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONNHL. We're back here on the Thursday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am Patrick Damp, joined as always by the indomitable Hunter Hodes. And we just talked about it before we went to break. Colin White is now a Montreal Canadian. He was put on waivers yesterday by the Penguins. He was claimed by the Montreal Canadiens this afternoon. And the Montreal Canadiens made it official right out of the gate minutes after claiming him off of waivers that he will dress tonight. Not going to be much of a travel day for him as he's just got to walk across the hall to the Montreal Canadiens dressing room. And uh, I know that that is doesn't seem like a whole, mu- a whole lot of mu- anything because Colin White's stat line so far this year, 11 games played, no goals, no assists, no points, minus two. And I will say, though, we do have some sportsbook sponsors here on Locked On. And uh, if you're a betting person, I might put a couple bucks down on a Colin White goal tonight against the Penguins. Wouldn't you, Hunter? More than that, he's going to score a back-breaking goal against them, isn't he? He's totally going to do it to the Penguins. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels like that's almost inevitable. It's like death taxes. Maybe it's the game winner. Penguins. Who knows? Death taxes, former Penguin scoring against the Penguins. Uh, I will say, though, this kind of is a little bit indicative of how the season has gone to this point. Not so much uh, his his being claimed by Montreal and being put on waivers and all that, but it's a guy that we kind of talked about in the preseason and the lead up to the season that, hey, maybe this is a good depth option, a guy that – you know, you're not going to rely on him to be a every night performer. You're not going to have him in the lineup for 82 games. 
but in a pinch with injuries or anything else that pops up, he could be a guy that you could go to in, like I said, 11 games, no goals, no points, just did not work out at all. And that's kind of been the story of the 2023-2024 Pittsburgh Penguins. Been the story for a lot of players on this team this year, right? That just haven't worked out and have kind of just been passengers on that team. I know I've used that word a lot on recent shows for this podcast, but that's been the reality of the situation for the Penguins this year. Too many players that have not been able to fit in and haven't been able to contribute, not even on a nightly basis, but on a weekly basis for this team. You forget Colin White last year. He had eight goals and 15 points for the Florida Panthers in a bottom six role. I mean, I would take that right now for some of the players in the bottom six, considering how, I guess, inept they've been offensively this season. I would take eight goals from Colin White if he was able to play up to that level, but he wasn't able to. No points in 11 games. And let's not forget, Pat, why he was waived yesterday. Noel Chari has been activated off of injured reserve. He is going to make his return in this game against the Canadians. Mike Sullivan labeled him as a game-time decision. You know, and I know, that 90-95% of the time, that means a player is going to play. He's off. IR. So he's going to be back in the lineup. That's why he was waived. And then Tristan Jari is in net. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't doing anything on a fourth line role with Jeff Carter and Jansen Harkins. I think most people were pretty happy that he was put on waivers just because you can put another player in his spot. And, you know, maybe Achari is able to give the Penguins something more for these last 30 plus games. I mean, I think he'll be better than Colin White obviously, but you know how much better we'll have to see. But that's the main reason why White is no longer here. Yeah, I would agree with, with all of that. I also had to laugh yesterday, aside from Mike Sullivan's crazy quote about one-goal games, he did call uh, Nolachari the ultimate warrior. And for all of you 90s wrestling fans, 80s and 90s wrestling fans, you know exactly where my mind went to that crazy guy with the face paint running the ropes. But I do think that should he stay healthy, I think Nolachari could give this team a little bit of a boost. He was obviously very good defensively and very good on the PK in his time. Yeah, we're going to need some more production. But again, it goes back to what I was saying at the start of the segment. It's kind of just been the entire story of this season that, you brought in guys who, while they were no sure thing, there there was a gamble there that you know you're gotta hope that that everything continues as it has. But a lot of the guys they brought in for depth options had a track record of performing, and for one reason or another, it just didn't happen this year. So you have to hope that Nolachari comes back, provides a little bit of a spark, plays a bit of a physical game, and if he can pop in a few points or a few goals here and there, that would be very welcomed. Right. I think with the signings over the offseason outside of the Carlson trade, a lot of these signings, I feel like didn't carry a lot of risk, but there's just been no reward for any of these signings. That's what it's come down to, Pat. You signed players to not that bad of cap hits. I mean, Achari got, I feel like, too much term in my opinion, but his cap hit is not bad. Nieto's cap hit is not really that bad. It's just unfortunate that he's just been hurt for basically all season. Achari, again, cap hit's not bad. He just hasn't really been producing after getting maybe a little too much term. And then Eller, he's been, I think, the best of the bunch, and he could get traded, which we'll get to in the final segment. But still, I just think the reward hasn't been what I think Kyle Dubas in the front office thought it would be. And that's, again, another reason why this team is where it is in the standings right now and why 
as we talked about on the Wednesday episode, why Dubas is going to have to maybe learn from his, his mistakes during the summer if he wants to get this team back into a playoff spot for the 2024-2025 season. Agreed. And I think the biggest thing there is that the only risk was that they all turn out to be disasters. And unfortunately, we got the worst case scenario. Yeah. But we're going to cut this segment a tad short because in our final segment, we are going to talk about some trade ideas, some trade rumors, however you want to categorize it. And I think Hunter and I have a lot to talk about on that one. So we don't want to go too, too long with this episode, but we do want to dive into that pretty deep so before we do that we have to tell you about our next sponsor and that is indeed we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I've talked about it before, I'm a fan of Indeed because when I needed a job, I used Indeed. It got me a bunch of interviews and matched with a bunch of companies that were looking for my help, and it helped me get my current position. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed all right we're back here to wrap up the thursday edition of the locked on penguins podcast i am patrick damp alongside hunter hodes and it's that time of year hunter where we're all refreshing twitter seemingly every 30 seconds We've got notifications on for all the insiders and all the teams we're tracking because we're into trade season, baby. One of the best times of the year, even if your team isn't performing all that well, because who doesn't love a little bit of trade drama? I know I do. And obviously yesterday, it kind of felt like Kyle Dubas was letting us know that Jake Gensel's time as a Pittsburgh Penguin is likely coming to an end, even despite the injury it does kind of feel like it's inevitable that he will get moved. So what exactly would you like to see should Jake Gensel get moved? I mean, in that type of trade, I don't want just a bunch of futures coming back. Again, I've made that point pretty clear on this podcast. I don't want just a bunch of magic beans that aren't going to be on the team for the next several seasons because the season I care most about is next year at this point because I think that's going to be their last main shot in this era to make the playoffs and potentially go on another run. What I'm looking forward to, or what I'm looking for, excuse me, in a Gensel trade, if one gets made, and it's looking more likely at this point, is a deal that can help the Penguins right now. Something like an Owen, Owen Tippett return that the Flyers got. If you can get something like that, I would be more down than I am right now to swing a trade. It's a mainly a piece that can help the Penguins. 
I guess for the rest of the season, if you want to call it that, even though they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but especially for next season as they try and make one more true run. I guess what I'm trying to say is more of a hockey trade compared to just a bunch of futures coming back. That's what I would be looking forward to if Gensel is moved in the next couple of weeks. That's how I see it. I would agree with that. The caveat that I would add is if you are going to make a quote unquote futures trade with Jake Gensel, I would want that to be in service of a larger move this off season, because that's kind of what I've been hinting towards that. I think Kyle Dubas is going to do this off season is I think a lot of, uh, a lot of pieces are going to get moved over the next couple of months and we're going to see returns and scratch our heads at it. But I think it's going to be because he's going to want to stockpile some prospects that you know aren't going to be in the Penguin system for long, draft picks that you know they're not going to hold on to, all to get to other teams so you can make other moves in the offseason. But on the whole, I agree with you for Jake Gensel. If you're going to make this move, you have to get at least one player that can plug and play right into your roster. Now that doesn't mean they have to become a cornerstone and be part of the team next year. Heck, it could even be somebody that comes to the Penguins for the final 25-ish games and plays well, and then you can shop that person right again going into the offseason for a better return. So that's kind of what I would want to see. For me, I also look at this roster, and I think I think Riley Smith is going to be moved as well. Uh, he, he just hasn't fit here. I think there's probably going to be a reunion with him in Vegas, especially right now. The, the fact that Jack Eichel and Mark Stone are both on IR, and the Vegas Golden Knights are going to do their cap circumvention dance, which I will add this caveat because I know this angers a lot of people when they when this happens. You can get as mad as you want at it, but if your general manager isn't doing that when you're a contending team, you should not be mad at the NHL salary cap. You should be mad at your general manager because you got to use every tool in the toolbox in a cap league. This has been going on for years, man. So if you're still mad at it, you know, get mad at the league, not the teams that are taking advantage of it, because this has been going on well before Vegas has been doing, you know, Tampa Bay was doing it. Heck, Chicago did it quite a few years ago as well. This is what happens now. So if you're not taking advantage of it, maybe you should get a general manager in there that knows what they're doing when it comes to this rule. I think, again, with the Gensel trade, if you can get a prime asset back, and I mean a player that can really help you for next season, again, I would be more inclined to do it with also the caveat of moving other players for futures, and then you can dangle those futures and prospects to maybe go big game hunting over the summer, whether that's a big trade, a big free agent signing to come and help fill the role that Gensel has had for the past several seasons. And that's if they do get back that big piece in the Gensel trade and then they want to get back futures for other players. I would be more comfortable with that strategy compared to just getting pure futures back for Gensel that aren't going to be on the Penguins until after 87, 71, 58, and 65 are off this team. That, I think, is something that I would, again, I would prefer to keep Jake Gensel, but if they do go down that route that I just talked about, it's something that I could definitely warm up to over the summer as this team tries to take one last swing in the Crosby era. Agreed. 
And I will say this too. I think that the Penguins are in a good position having a guy like Kyle Dubas at the helm because while I don't think he's the best at signing, I think he loses a lot more than he wins when he signs deals. On the other end, though, he wins when he makes trades. He is one of the best deal makers, I think, in the league as when it comes to general managers. So I do think the position this franchise is currently in and where they want to go in the Crosby era at the end of it, this is a good guy to have at the helm because he's not so much a river riverboat gambler type in Jim Rutherford where he's hacking and whacking at every pitch and mad scientist trades all the time. He's very calculated with the trades he makes, and he often gets more value for things that you don't expect to get value out of, as we saw this summer with the Eric Carlson trade where they pretty much gave up nothing of, of consequence to get, as I've said before, the best player who was available this offseason. Right. I think outside of the Sandine trade in Toronto, I, th- I feel like he badly lost that trade to Washington, by the way. I would say outside of that one, he's done fairly well in trades. I trust him a lot more to make trades than I do signing players, as was evidenced over this past summer. And, you know, combining that with the trade deadline here, you have players we've already talked about. Riley Smith could be on the move, and I think he should be on the move. We've already talked about Jake Ensel, Lars Eller. I mean, if you can get a... I don't know, second or third round pick. It'd probably, probably be a third this year if I had to guess. If you can get something like that for Eller, I would do that. You can stockpile that pick there, maybe move it this summer for more help. Maybe someone like Alex Delkovich, Magnus Helberg right now is still with the team. He has not been reassigned to Wilkesbury. So maybe they're prepping for him to potentially be moved over the next couple of weeks. If you can get back a third for him, that also works for the summer as well. This is has a very, and I mean a very low percent chance of happening, but if you can somehow get rid of the Ryan Waves contract, that is something as well. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. I probably have that possibility at 5%, but if you somehow could get out of that, that is also big heading into the summer. Maybe someone like Ricardo Raquel as well, but I'm not really sure he's movable right now considering how bad he's played and the contract he has, you know, Hextall, really screwed Dubas over, I think, with that contract, with how he's been playing this season. So they will have players that they can move at the deadline outside of Jake Ensel. The one that, again, I don't want them to move, even outside of Jake, is Marcus Pedersen. I will die on that hill until the end of time. He has one more year left on his contract. Do not move that player. He should also be a cornerstone for this team for the next several years. I know his value as at a very high right now, but I'm still not moving him. I just shudder to think about what this defense looks like without him. Yeah, I I agree with the Pedersen part. And I don't think they will. I think they fully acknowledge that he's one of three useful defensemen they have right now. So you, you can't even, even though you're probably preparing for another missed playoff season, that's just not a guy that you move because and also miss me with the Eric Carlson to Ottawa nonsense. That's just Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick catnip on 32 thoughts. Jeff Merrick show. They're not going to trade Eric Carlson. You know, maybe I somehow get old takes exposed, but I, that's like a 3% chance of happening. Kyle Dubas even consider Carlson. One of the core players during his press conference on Wednesday. I can't see them moving on from him after not even a year with the penguins. I no. think that's just baseless speculation by them. 
I agree with that. And before we finish up, you brought up the goalie situation. And I texted this to you. And I got to give a shout out to NFL Network's Dave Damashek. He is a great Twitter follow. He's a Pittsburgh native. He does awesome work. He's somebody well worth your time. Also a diehard Penguins guy. He's always talking about the Penguins, despite being an NFL Network personality. He brought up a good point that it might be a little uncomfortable. We might get a little tinfoil hattie on this, but it's something we've talked about on this show before. One of the low-key best parts of the Penguins organization in the Crosby era has been their ability to draft, develop, and bring goaltenders up through the system. And they're really in that same spot again. And he brought up the idea of maybe trading Tristan Jari. And I know, I know, it's crazy. But the main thing that people want, contenders want right now, is goaltending. Because there are a handful of teams in a playoff spot that are a goalie away from being can true blue Stanley Cup contenders. And when you've got Nadelkovich here who's played very well, Hilberg's still up. Maybe you can get a King's ransom for Tristan Jari. Maybe, but I don't see it. I don't see them making that deal after committing all of that term and all that money to him over the offseason. And he has had a really good year. So I think he would be selling from a point where this is probably some of the highest value that he'd be at throughout his career. You don't fully know what he's going to look like throughout the rest of this deal. So I understand it from that regard, but I don't see it happening right now just because, okay, if you do move Jari, right, your starter is Nadelkovich and then you have Magnus Helberg, but then heading into next season, you are going to need another goalie. And there's really no guarantee that Nadelkovich is going to play at this level again if you do bring him back. And he's also going to be getting quite a big pay raise as well, considering what he has done this season. So you are going to have to A, get another goalie, and B, pay Nadelkovich and hope that he can maintain that level throughout how long that deals, whether it's two or three years, because he's been pretty inconsistent throughout his career as well. He's had, you know, obviously with Carolina, he was pretty solid. But then after that, he was not that good in his next stop. And now in Pittsburgh, he's having a pretty good year. What version of him are you going to get? So there's definitely quite a bit of risk if you were able to make that move, which is why, again, I just don't see them doing that. Yeah, I also don't think all like I I want to put this out there too. I don't think that it's going to happen specifically because it's they they committed to him. They signed him to that deal in the offseason. They kind of made it apparent that, hey, you're our guy. You're going to be the starter for the foreseeable future and through the end of this era. There's also not a ton of free agent goalie help this summer. But at the same time, I also think of a team, and I know this is a bit of a wild swing. This I think of a team like Vegas in the la- in their entire existence. Their entire existence has been if we if there is something out there that helps us get better and win. We're going to do it. Yeah, maybe we sign you to a long-term deal, but guess what? There's something better out there, and our focus is winning. Again, I think it's highly unlikely that they do it. I would put it at even less than 5%, but if the next week or two continues to be this disastrous, 
I'd take some calls. I mean, I'd take some calls, but how much am I going to listen? That's the question that I would have to determine there. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't really do it unless I was getting a pretty solid return for it. And again, I think he's going to listen on almost anyone on this team outside of the core four and hopefully Marcus Pedersen. And as he should, I mean, like this team is at a little bit of a crossroads right now, but you know, I think what you want to do over the summer in terms of bolstering this team and changing some of the outer parts of the roster to help support the core. But I think if you're not listening, at least listening a little bit on almost every player on this roster outside of the core four in 28 and maybe to a lesser extent, 35, you're probably not doing your job as a GM. Yeah, absolutely. So Penguins and Habs tonight at PPG Paints Arena, 7 o'clock. We will be back tomorrow to recap that game as well as get you ready for the weekend ahead when the Philadelphia Flyers come to town. But for Hunter Hodes, I am Patrick Damp. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the Locked On Penguins podcast. We'll be back at you with a new episode tomorrow. and. Until then, let's go Pens.